On this show, they cover the biggest news stories, give their fact-based opinions, and interview many great people from all over the fruited plains. These stories and experiences are what make up the fabric of this great country. This isn't just any show. This is the Matt and Chan Show. Now, live from Fresno, California, here are your hosts, Matt and Chan. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Matt and Chan Show. Chandler, how are you doing? Matt, I'm doing great. As you guys can probably tell, the audio quality is higher than normal. We're both in person. We're here in Mikasa, Mikasa es su casa today. Um, so yeah, welcome and looking forward to diving into Marxism today with you. Yep, uh, appreciate it, Chandler. I know it's nice, the hospitality there, the su casa, I love it, I love it. Um, yeah, no, so today we're going to talk about uh, Marxism and communism and socialism and all the aspects of this ideology. We hear it thrown around quite a bit and pretty much everywhere. You go on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and then you hear it in a conversation, oh, you're a Marxist, but it doesn't get anything other than you call somebody a Marxist, and it's become a term that's been thrown around crazy, but I think we have to take a look back and look at the history of the, the ideology, what it is, what is Marxism. Chandler, what do you think of Marxism when you hear it? Uh, my first thought is on the Soviet Union, um, sort of that, that era of tension during the Cold War that you know, we're too young to have experienced, but that we certainly um, read about and, and hear about from our parents and our grandparents. Um, it, this very powerful, but also immoral system of, of government, and that still exists today and is still very prevalent um, some African countries, some South American countries, and, and certainly some East Asian countries, uh, if not directly as a, a communist state by name, uh, certainly follow a lot of those principles and uh, much to the detriment of the people in those nations to their freedom and, and their well-being. Yeah, and, I, and, and like you said, it's still present today. I think a lot of people, we had the Cold War, the long Cold War between the United States and Russia, Soviet Union former, and I think people thought it just died, right? When when the, the Berlin Wall came down in, uh, what was it, 91, 92, during HW, right after, of course, the, the famous Reagan speech, right. Robert Chop, tear yeah. down this wall, everybody remembers that. Everybody's like, okay, we're done, all right. But there's still a lot of countries that are still implementing this philosophy, per se, to run their country and we've seen recently with venezuela north korea doesn't like to call themselves communists we still we still see china implementing this communist policy and big government and one of the things i think we we talk about quite often on the show is free market capitalism and and this creating free people and i think when we look back at this this ideology looks a lot about the material the material objects and taking religion out of it and i think as christians we look at that and go oh well, that's not good, and especially our country having the Christian Foundation, 1776, and the revolutionaries and how our country started. It's not not the American way, per se, but a lot of people want to change that for the worse and, and adopt this. So I think we're going to hop into first, I think, is looking at what Karl Marx thought about communism, and it started out with the hunter-gatherer basic communism with a group of people, and it really works well. When you have like 10, 15 people, you'd say, right? Certainly. There, there's this uh, there's this idea of, in scale, if you have like a small scale, you can get away with different types of, of thinking 
and maybe even in a really small scale where survival is of the utmost importance, generating wealth and creating prosperity isn't uh, as important as living to the next day. And when you need your, your fellow man to help you, you know, like if you don't both go gather berries or, um, you know, share the load in, in some way, uh, then yeah, it, it won't work well for you. And, and they're something that might look like a model for communism might actually be a, um, a viable way of, of doing life. But I have a feeling you're saying that that doesn't work when you increase the scale. Yeah. So it's really, really good 10 to 15 people, that small scale. And that, and that's where we started as, as man, early civilization. That's where the, that Karl Marx was saying, okay, we're starting here, basic communism. And then we move into the feudalism, the nobility, the peasant, and this working. And we saw during the medieval times, during this period of, okay, we have this, the hierarchy of, the, of civilization. You have the king, you have your nobility, your knights, and then your peasantry. And this is a feudalism. And then the next step is capitalism, which we see here in America. And we've seen uh, since 1990, a billion people pulled out of poverty from this system and pretty much allowing for people to be free to go out and compete in the market. I think human nature innately is is competition. We want to compete. We want to do better. And, and what we see with communism and socialism is it's either we have equality of outcome with communism or we see uh, the equal opportunity here in the United States. And I think a lot of people take that for granted here in the United States. I think we have to look at Everything we do, if it's sports, there's always going to be a team that wins or loses at the end of the day. And I know when people say, oh, man, when we tie, man, it never feels good. It feels like kissing mm-hmm. your sister, right? And I think in sports, we go, oh, man, you just want to win. Well, that's capitalism in its basic form. It's a competition. You're offering something to the market that people want or need. You're finding that niche, and you're going after that, and you're chasing that. And that's capitalism. But communism is what he would say is the next thing. So you now you have socialism. So now you have capitalism. You're generating wealth. Things are going really well, but now you're like, okay, sweet. We got equal opportunity. People are thriving. People are being successful. People are chasing what they want to do, and they have the freedom to do so. And then, Chandler, if you want to go into what socialism is a little bit and and kind of what that is. Yeah, so I think first to to, – it is this continuum that he's getting at, uh, but but I think it's sort of a false premise that Marx sets here. Um, Capitalism – you own your labor. I think that's the most uh, basic definition of capitalism. Is It's a system in which you as an individual own your own labor. Um, it, when you move into socialism, at that point, you still generally, you know, if it's democratic socialism, that's a term Bernie Sanders likes to use a lot, right? But if, if it's, if you're a willing participant in it, uh, you still generally own your own labor. Uh, you you st- uh, but a lot of your product goes to the government, right? You earn money, but you're you're taxed like crazy, and, and it almost all goes to the government. Um, I don't have a, a great definition of socialism right in front of me. I don't know if you had one in mind, or uh, but generally it's it's government uh, using redistributing yeah. the, yeah, the yeah, wealth yeah. that you have and a high percentage of taxes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where you come in with the Democrat socialism now. Like, oh, yeah, it's Democratic socialism. Well, it's like, well, you have the form of elections and it looks like, oh, sweet, people are voting people in. But then, per se, you have, you're making 100K a year and it's a 50%. You're giving 50000 to the government and that only increases. And we saw that with FDR. He proposed and a lot of people during Congress at the time proposed 
super high taxes on the wealth. But the thing is, when you destroyed the wealth creators and these business owners, there goes civilization, which we've seen. A great example of this is COVID-19. We saw businesses, businesses shut down, small businesses, people that were that were in the economy and they're like, oh, we're thriving. Now you're looking at Home Depot, Costco. You're looking at all these other businesses thriving, the big chain stores, the Amazon, the doubling their stock price during this, this lockdown. And you're like, oh, well, now that's if big government were to step in, say we were to scrap small businesses, take away the entrepreneurship, delayed gratification of things that we see in this country, and you take that all away, big government reigns. So then now you only have Vons or or Costco or the big chain stores. Imagine only having one supermarket to shop at just because they're the only ones that the state controls. Mm-hmm. So the state would control the, the quality and quantity of the products that they're offering. You see that in North Korea and, and what you see in Venezuela. They only have limited products and limited offerings and well, everybody's equal, but equal everybody's equal in starvation. It, through this, eventually, what socialism leads into communism, and I think China people go, oh well, China's a good, good example. Is wow, they're a global power, communism. But the thing is, we look in in Mao and the Great Leap Forward. It, it took amount of bloodshed, the amount of bloodshed in the 20th century to get to that, and and what Machiavelli proposes, in which I want to do an episode coming up here in the next few weeks, is if the means justify the end. So if we can, oh, if these, it's just a little bit of people that are dead, that are dying because of this, we're going to, in the end, everybody's going to be equal. Everybody's going to be happy, everybody. But then that goes into the state of nature and who you are as a human being. Are we naturally good? Or are we naturally, or naturally bad? So Chandler, I think that might be a good segue into that is, is the human condition. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Oh yeah, that that's a loaded question it is, it uh, on, is. on the human condition <laughs> and 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 why communism, socialism. That one of the reasons why I didn't try to give a, a definition of socialism right off is because I don't want it to be too similar to communism in, in how we define it, but I also don't want it to be too different in how we define it because they're they they operate under the same fundamental assumption that uh, humans will do good for their neighbor, uh, inherently, you know, with, with no incentive, uh, or, or with no positive incentive, uh, obviously both socialism and communism will always resort to punishment as a means of, uh, motivation. You saw that with the gulags in, uh, the Soviet Union and, uh, you know, mass imprisonments in like Cuba, Venezuela for, uh, political dissidents, I, I would suppose is what they would call it. But, you know, you, you are told you have to work for the government because your your work will produce something that everybody else will use. Um, and like, if you have no positive incentive, why would you do it? With capitalism, you have positive incentive to work. I don't have any money. Okay, what do I do? Well, I can get a job. Um, and, and now all of a sudden, since I own my labor, in capitalism, I can, you know, volunteer my labor to, to start working. And, and since I own it, I receive the, the goods from my labor. On the contrary, this is a, a quote from Karl Marx translated, um, from each according to his ability to each according to his need. Um, it's not the people who get to choose um, what their abilities are, and what their needs are. Um, it's the government who chooses that. And it's assuming that the people are, are going to be willing to participate in this government-run redistributive process 
And, and I don't think that's the case. It looks like you have a definition of socialism. Yeah, no, I wanted to pull like a Webster's generic like definition of it. It says any various economic and political theories advocating collective or governmental ownership, which you, you noted, and administration of the means of production and distribution of goods. And I think it was a good point is when you have a system like this and when you get into the communism and you're really – the government control is at the maximum like we're – okay. The thing is if there's not enough for everyone – then it's not going to get to the people. And that's where you see the abuse of power. We see Kim Jong-un in North Korea. And I looked sometime back, I was kind of curious, I want to see what this guy's diet's like, because there was people are questioning Kim Jong-un's health and, and what kind of stuff that he that he gets to enjoy while his people are suffering he in is North Korea. A, he is a portly fellow. Yeah, he is. He's a big He's a big guy. Uh, and I was looking into it, and he, he eats a lot of like, just like really rare wine. There was like rattlesnake where they have the rattlesnake within the wine and, and crackers and meat and like just all these fancy things while the people are suffering. Well, I'm like, well, there's not, this is limited supply, exclusive stuff that you're not getting. Kim Jong-un's like over there, hmm, I'm going to have this tonight. I'm going to have some champagne and some, and then there's people in the street not even be able to have those resources. Well, there's not enough for everybody. Well, the elites and the people that are in that inner circle are going to get that. And I think, we are in probably some of the most, probably the best time in history right now in the United States. We're a free country. You can determine what you want to do with your life. There's, you go to a grocery store and you have 75 different types of cereals per se. And, and you go into the veggie, there's all these fresh fruits and vegetables and you have a variety and you have a Walmart and you have your bonds, you have your Whole Foods and you go to Whole Foods and you're like, wow, this stuff's going to be really good, be a little bit more expensive on that side. And they're really targeting that people that have a little bit more wealth. But that's the beauty in America and the marketplace is you're, you're trying to offer value to customers and then exchange of goods. But when you have a socialist or communist co- country, they're going to take control of that. And as it said, government control. Um, and that's ultimately what I think people don't understand in Karl Marx. And we're going to get into the Communist Manifesto, the 10 goals of that here in a second. But a lot of people are wondering, okay, yeah, Karl Marx is a pretty good dude. It sounds good. Everybody's going to be equal. And it takes away that ambition. Well, there's no point in going and opening a business if the state's going to take 95% of your wealth away. So I think that's a, I think we got to get into that part of it and, and looking into the Communist Manifesto. And that was Karl Marx and then Frederick Engels who, who wrote that. And, and Karl Marx really was a materialist at heart. And he wanted to see the way that, that people operate in a society that we're making the production of these items. And that people, really their only goal in life is to have economic status. And it's all about that. But we're taking that away now. We're going to give the government some control. People are going to be equal. Everybody's going to get what they need. The socialist utopia. But then we see what communism in the 20th century is. We see this twisted and morphed way. Well, when people get power and all these people start to die. And you start to, you start taking away private property. And we're going to get into that in a second. Yeah, what are your thoughts on, I know the Communist Manifesto is always like, yeah, Communist Manifesto is thrown around. What are your thoughts, I think, on on this, Chan? Yeah, I, I, it's a great question. Um, I'll admit I haven't read the Communist Manifesto cover to cover. I've read most of it, uh, large chunks, and uh, kind of whenever I see a copy of it lying around, I, I will tend to pick it up and read it and kind of be so disgusted that I, I am forced to put it down. Um, if I'm being honest, uh, there's some, oh, you know, it sounds great in principle. And you, you made this clear. It, it sounds really great. You're going to, um, uh, 
contribute to society. Everybody else is going to contribute to society. The government in their uh, all all knowing, all wise, all good authority. Notice that those are terms we would usually reserve only for God, um, and I think that's important to know. Um, but the the government will will redistribute it to whoever needs it, right? Uh, oh, I uh, I'm running low on bread right now. Government, give me some bread, and the government goes poof. Here's some bread, uh, and, and right, that's like in theory, that's how it, it works. And um, but even looking at the the Communist Manifesto, you see the need for divisiveness in order to uh, institute communism. And, and I'm sure uh, at some point we'll we'll talk a little bit of current events and, and how that relates. Uh, um, you know, the the need for uh, a divisiveness for a a state-run media, or at least state-controlled media, um, even even in the theoretical like framework, like the most ideal communism that that can be laid forward in the Communist Manifesto, you can still see the the need for totalitarianism, right? That it can't exist uh, without uh, the state getting to make all the decisions. You're powerless in a, a communist government. And I, I'll go off on a brief tangent right now. The, the people who promote communism the most, I, would, I haven't been all over the world, so I don't know for sure. But I would assume the people who promote communism the most are college professors and recent college graduates um, in, in terms of demographics. Um, and, and these are the most privileged people in the world, right? If you're a tenured uh, college professor, you can say almost whatever you want, and your job is secure, um, usually paid very well, and um, promoting these ideas that, oh, we need to do something for the people. We need to uh, um, create this system of equality, uh, not realizing that capitalism has brought brought about more... Um, more people out of poverty than anything else, but they see they see these unequal amounts of wealth as evil, but equal amounts of poverty as good, and, and it's very immoral um, to uh, to say that. Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, no, I I think you made some good points there, especially on our our college and universities and high schools and these students that are going to these universities and. And as Charlie Kirk always says, is you're playing Russian roulette with your child's values when you send them to college. And a good chance is they'll probably leave at least in the Marxist ideals, even if they don't know about the, 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 the fundamental theory of it. I think people just go, oh, well, that sounds good. I think people, people need and the people are equal. And it's in our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution that these are outlined. The people go, oh, but it's e- equality of opportunity. And I think that's where people go okay, well, we're doing so well. I think we, we have enough wealth in this nation to make everybody equal. And I think I just want to give a sh- quick shout-out to Divest U at, at uh, Turning Point USA. And, and they have a great program. They're they're going in, they're divesting money out of these, these uh, big endowments at these universities that are promoting these Confucian institutes and communism and, and going into these colleges and teaching students that this is a great thing. Wow. And... And what we see on our college campus is what we're going to see on the halls of Congress and what we're going to see in our government. And we've seen that clearly at this point. We've seen these people that have been lifelong politicians that want to continue to go, 
oh, well, these people are, they're protected. They're always going to have security. They're always going to have money and wealth. They have deals with China and there, and they've sold out our country to the Chinese in many ways. And we don't hear about it in the news because, of course, our news is left wing. Our college and universities are left wing. And we've seen the a lot of politicians become far left socialist. And I think a lot of people are like, yeah, well, the Democrat Party, a lot of people are saying, well, the Democrat Party is not the Democrat Party anymore. The Democrat Party has left me. And that's and that's that's one of the famous, I think, what is that, Reagan? Reagan sayings, right? I think so. Yeah, and because and Reagan was a, lot, was a Democrat before he became, he was a Hollywood elitist, but he saw the rise of communists among the Hollywood elite. And I, and I just heard this recently, but it, it's the thing is the Hollywood elite, it's like fairy tale land and this, and you get to live with the elite, you get your private cocktail parties, you get everything taken care of for you and it's nice and everything. You're like, wow, well, let me go see how I can help the poor people per se. And, and they go out and they say, Hey, well, we need equality of outcome, even though it only hurts the people that are out spouting these talking points. And I think that's where we have to get in the communist manifesto is, is you have the oppressors and then the oppressed, and and then you have the prole- proletariat, and then you have the bourgeoisie. Um, I always say that terrible, um, just because sometimes I, I don't know how to say a word. Sometimes you know it's very French. Yeah, I know it's bourgeoisie, um, and and we and we look at that, and you're like, okay, well, we need to get rid of that. We need to get rid of that middle upper class. Everybody's going to be equal, and that's what we're going to do. So we're going to get into the we've talked about the means of production, the mode of production. Um, and we see that the means being the various tools, machines and stuff, and then the modes being how people are going out and creating these things, these products, and how the government is going to take control of all of this and and take pretty much everything. I think the, the bigger the government, the smaller the citizen here. And they're taking everything. And then so the first thing we talk about, the abolition of private property. Um, Chandler, you want to want to let the the audience know about the importance of private property? Oh my, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so th- this is this is just absurd to me. Uh, and, and I was actually doing some research on this the other day. Um, it was probably Jordan Peterson who was talking about it. Uh, could have been somebody different, but Jordan Peterson talks a lot about communism and uh, why it's not a good idea. So go check out his stuff if you haven't. He's uh, a very good psychologist and good lecturer. Um, But yeah, private property is, uh, I'm sort of hesitant to say that being able to own property is a like fundamental human right, but I I can't think of an area in which it wouldn't be. Um, I'm, you know, Without being under government control, right. I know those are the yeah. the classic liberal definition, the father of liberalism, John Locke. It's mm-hmm. life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. So that's where we hear that, and it's like because you have that ownership, it's yours. It's not the mm-hmm. government. Imagine going home and going, well, any day now the government can go come take my house. You don't have that, and that's why we have our Second Amendment rights, and yep. we have our because the government ever infringes on those those first Second Amendment rights. That's exactly. they're going to come in, and I think that's an important thing. Private property, people go, oh, well, private property. Oh, what happens? What happens if the government owns it? And eh, nothing, nothing happens to me as long as I can still get on TikTok and watch some TikToks and and sit on my couch and watch Netflix. I'm good to go. Um, but then you realize how many of these these beautiful things that capitalism has brought to us, the innovation of our Apple products and sitting home and watching Netflix. I just think those are some good examples. Going, hey, this this laptop is brought to you by capitalism because somebody <laughs> spent time going and generating this to have that product given to people. And I think people go, 
Oh yeah, and then you talk about people that are Starbucks. Starbucks, they go to Starbucks to get their coffee, and they're like, "Man, that's so awesome! You get a good coffee, caramel macchiato. You get all these different, you get all these things." And people are like, "Wow!" And there's different markets, there's different things offering. But people always go, "Oh yeah," but they don't think about those things when we, when you hear Marx, you're like, oh, "Okay, yeah, oh, Karl Marx is German philosopher. Yeah, what does that matter to me?" And and then the not teaching 20th century history. I think people go, "I love history." But then they don't talk about the what the evils of socialism did in the 20th century. So, and that gets into the next thing is so the abolition of inheritance. And this is what we've seen in California lately: is people that leave the state are going to have to pay a tax now. They're pro- they're proposing that here in California. That is a basic thing right out of the Communist Manifesto. People go always go commie form form a formula. I can't even say it. <laughs> what is it? Com- what is it? Communism in California? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to give yeah. a pronunciation yeah. myself. Yeah, that was yeah terrible. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, co- communism, ca- <laughs> uh, communist California. Yeah, though, communist right? ca- California, socialism California. This is all good content. You get that a little bit with me saying mispronouncing words. It's just roll with the punches here on the Matt and Chance show. If somebody has so much time on their hands that they need something to do, if you want to find all of the words that Matt and I have mispronounced on this show and create a a reel of it, we will we will put it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think that's a good yeah. thing. I all think right. <laughs> yeah. So I just that's that's something I've always certain words and stuff have always hit me different since a young age. So that's Same just here. Yeah, put me completely honest with that. So yep. yeah, so, <laughs> so I get a good laugh. Home right yeah, now, we, right? we don't have so much pride that, that uh, you know, that we yeah. can't laugh at ourselves as yeah, well. Exactly. So next, the big, this is a big dinger right here. We got the abolition of religion. And Karl Marx famously said, it is the opium of the people. And we look back into the principles of religion and it just being religion is just to help us feel better about death. That's really the big argument is, oh, we just... We're all gonna die. We're all we're all we're not we're not immorals. We're not we're not gonna live forever. That's the thing. We're just gonna all die, and we're just a whole bunch of atoms just floating around in in the universe. Um, this is something we see now, and the government control and our many tyrants across the country and shut down our country is they took away religion for a lot of people, and we've seen the results of no religion in our country. We have people that are wanting to give their life to Jesus, and now they're not having the opportunity to. We see churches closed down. We see that one in four young people want to commit suicide. We've seen, I think it was in early April, April, March, right, when this, this started, the lockdowns occurred, that suicides in Fresno, 70% up, like, that kids were going to contemplate losing, like, it's self-destruction. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts, Chan? Abolishing religion, I think, that's a, that's a big, that's a big one right there, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, religion is fundamentally a, a institution of hope, and, and I'm not delineating right now any particular re- religion, um, but religion fundamentally is, uh, it, it is intended to bring hope. Um, but if you look at, at Christianity, Matt and I are both Christians, I would I would assume a, a good chunk of our audience is, but, you know, if you're not, um, we're, we're still very glad you're here. Um Christianity, to call it uh, an opiate, uh, a religion that preaches a heaven and a hell. So like, you're not guaranteed a good outcome, right? It, um, like, it's not purely everybody in the world is uh, is like free for all, gonna be great. Um, uh, it it preaches a um, picking, you know, Christianity in particular, picking up your cross daily. Like that doesn't sound like a uh, a positive thing. Uh, 
you know, it, it preaches an awareness of your own sins and shortcomings. Like all of these things aren't um, just this like feel good, um, like make me happy. So, you know, if, if religion is the opiate of the masses, um, that makes uh, like communism, Marxism, like the, the methamphetamine of the masses, right? Like talk about make you feel good. The government's going to take care of me. Everything will be sunshine and rainbows. Uh, I don't have to worry about, you know, being able to provide for my family. The government will take care of it. Yep. You see it in the Green New Deal. Uh, the government will, will subsidize those who are uh, unable or unwilling to work, right? That, that's been proposed here in the United States. So, um, yeah, th- I, I hate that concept, that religion, especially, you know, Marx was uh, vehemently anti-Christian and... Um, and he, he grew up in a very Christian, well, uh, increasingly secularizing, uh, uh, but still predominantly. Like, like we're getting into the postmodernism of like, yeah. So, exactly. And where God's taken out of everything. And we see this in our country slowly moving. And a lot of people go, well, that's a reach. That socialism, communism, that there's there's this evil that like is within this ideology. And, and a lot of people, it's it's creeping. We see it in California or high taxes. That's just one of the things is that just will that'll just continue to go up as we live here in this state. A lot of people are like, let's get out. And that's into our next thing is now you got the people that are rebelling against this. You're immigrating out of this country, not immigrate, but immigrating out of the country and leaving. And you don't get to take anything. Government has control over those possessions as well, and a lot of people that I've known left California. They're like, "Well, I'm not. Well, why should I pay taxes if I left the state two years ago? What? What? That's communism. That's in the Communist Manifesto, and that's one of the big points. Is hey, if you're going to leave this country, you're not going to get any of your possessions, and this is a way of stopping people from sending money back home. That are people that are still suffering in the country because the government owns all of the means. So that's a, that's a huge one right there, and I think a lot of people are seeing that now and. A lot of people don't like socialism and communism. A lot of people don't, and I, and I stand strongly with that. The United States will never be a socialist country, but if we continue to allow these ideologies to to simmer, I think people go, "Oh, well, communism, we beat it. Yeah, Cold War. Yeah." But then we we let remember the left during the seventies to take control of our education system, and we've seen the impacts of that. And there's not really both sides, at least on the college university level, unless you go to Hillsdale Liberty College, you're really going to see both sides in the, the good and the bad and more of a conservative look at policy, which now conservatism is pretty much anything but big government. It's it's literally like it's taken in a lot of people that are Democrats to go, okay, and the the term liberal, I wouldn't even call the liberal the liberals now liberal. They're leftist, and I think you have to really cue that in because liberals they're for liberty <laughs> yeah you you look at somebody i think tim pool is a great example of a a liberal that uh, you know he wants kind of people to be able to do whatever they want very laissez-faire um uh, and look very liberal on a lot of social issues but i mean as far as i can tell he's going to be voting for trump in, in uh, november even and, though he didn't vote in 2016 right? exactly yeah, yeah. And, and beanie power right right yeah <laughs> yeah right yes very much so the, the maga beanie um yep. uh, for those of you who don't know, Tim Pool, uh, 
He's a contributor for Fox for a long time. Is that yeah, the, there's the, some different ones uh, that I know he's. I'm not a big listener, but yeah. I know of Tim Pool, uh-huh. and a lot of people are big fans. And yep. yeah, and, and I think that's where a big thing. I think he's libertarian, correct? Or he uh, like falls into that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would guess he was like a registered Democrat for yeah, for a, yeah, long for a time. while. Um, yeah, but yeah, and I think what we've seen is the rise of libertarian. People are like, I don't want government involved with everything, and and I always use this example is. And people probably, if you listen to Matt Chanfield for a long time, is you like going to the DMV? I don't, I don't like going to the DMV, and I wouldn't want my my health care to be like that. If I wanted to get food, I wouldn't want it to be like that. Think about the whole means of production. You're taking over everything. You're not going to have your Costco anymore. It's going to be the United States Food Department. All right, go get your bread. Go get your water. That's what that would be our country. We see people in Venezuela. They're not even driving cars. There's a gas shortage. Once one of the biggest oil uh, countries that that had and they were one of the most richest countries and now they're one of the poorest because they adopted socialism this last week there were some lawmakers proposing since they're so shortage on gas they propose people are riding around on donkeys it is that bad people are eating rats in the street and i have friends there that went i've been at, at harvard model united nations and they talked about what the evils of socialism and communism did to that country once rich country with oil production and now you get that. And that is another classic example. People go, well, that's just a conservative talking point. Why Venezuela? We'll go look at Venezuela. Look at the impacts of it. And I think the next part goes in, we're talking about the means of production, having that control, heavy taxation, mm-hmm. implementing heavy taxation. And, and everybody knows taxes. Everybody knows. It's, what, is it? it's, what is it when you go, you get a job, you get married, and and then and the, one of the sure things you always have is taxes, right? Yeah, <laughs> death I, I, and taxes, right? Yes, is the, yes, that's the, the the common yeah. the common saying the common saying for that is is taxes. And people, I think I think we can both agree. I think taxes are uh, necessary in some aspects of life. It's that fund basic things. And and one of the things later that he proposes is uh, free education for kids. And we've seen that K through twelve. Not socialism, what people like to say is any social program is socialism. I think that's a common talking point. But I think there's some necessity of having some taxes to fund some welfare programs. Not large welfare programs and and subsidize everything in people's lives, but something just as a safety net, but not as big as Europe and not as big as what we saw in a lot of these countries where people are completely dependent. What are your thoughts on that, Chan? Heavy taxation. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm vehemently opposed to taxation, at least over taxation and, and certainly taxation without adequate representation. Um, and where'd you get that from? Oh, I I don't know. (laughs) Maybe, uh, maybe our founding fathers knew some things. Um, but I would say, yeah, certainly I, I like our, our roads, public roads, fire, police, obviously I'm, I'm thankful to be able to pay taxes into those, uh, things. But for for my taxes to go towards really anything beyond the bare necessities, I may be a, a little bit more um, uh, libertarian than, than you are in this regard. Like, um, be, so like military, police, fire, some government officials. Uh, you know, like uh, getting my tax dollars, like all all good and well. Um, but beyond that, I feel like the the slope is so slippery. Um, where if you start saying, oh yeah, we're gonna you know fund um, this sort of uh, you know part of healthcare or phones for those who can't afford them, or you, you know, it, I I have a hard time seeing the stopping point. Uh, 
And so certainly my, what I'm saying here isn't practical in uh, today's world. So, so that's more of my um, uh, ideals. But absolutely, heavy taxation, um, uh, uh, un, uh, unreasonable burden on the people uh, is a terrible idea. It, and to think that the government, which everybody loves to complain about the government, right, left, and center, uh, especially when your guy isn't the one in power. Um, so why would you think that the government is an effective means of, of uh, doling out all this uh, wealth that you're handing them, not willfully um, for most people? Uh, you know, That's the other thing too. Taxation, if you don't pay, you're going to get sent to jail. Like, uh, yeah. uh, and, and I mean, there has to be some level of accountability, but like you are being forced to pay these taxes. Um, no. it, it's not an option. No. Uh, and, and so if they're exorbitant, you're, you're in trouble. Like, uh, there's no escaping it. And, and I think that's one area, again, sort of a, a slippery slope. And, and I understand that's like a logical fallacy, but, um, we've seen all these different slippery slopes on moral and political issues over the last even 20 years. Um, really, uh, really devolve and uh, heavy taxation is something we're seeing here in America and it, it's only getting worse and, and the people are consenting to it. That's what I don't understand. And I have a quote for you from okay. Will Rogers. He yes. said, the only difference between death and taxes is that death doesn't get worse every time Congress meets. <laughs> um, and you just said it. They continue to get higher and higher. Yep. And then I found one from Mark Twain. Um, this one's hilarious. It's, What's the difference between a taxidermist and a tax collector? I don't know. The taxidermist takes only your skin. Oh. Oh. So, oh, so taxation is theft in pretty much almost all ways. I know there's some leeway and there has to be some compromise. Sure. Even yeah. though we don't see it in our country today, there needs to be at least some implemented. I know that's where you said you differ on the libertarian side and where you could probably implement more community measures. But there's a lot of stuff in this country that people don't realize that are paid for by taxpayers and stuff that doesn't get done, even though we pay taxes into it. Right. Like, Let's see our roads look better. And um, here in California, they don't get better. I have to get another realignment on my car after a year because the roads are so bumpy that I have to get that realigned probably once a year now because maybe even six months because it's already kind of starting to veer and it's because pothole after pothole, it's not going to be a sure, good thing. Yeah. But so that's a little side tangent on California because I think a lot of people. <laughs> well, and, and we do pay a lot in uh, in taxes that are intended to go towards our roads, and yep. and, and they're not and, always. And then you straight. lose, and then you lose that out of your pocket to fix your car because your car's been beat up by the roads. So it, it gets you both ways. California. And you pay taxes when you uh, get that car repaired too, right? And, and, and car repaired and the registration. So yep. now you're only getting a sales tax. You're getting man, you can just every tax you're going to get. Oh man, we got to clean this. Got to got to redo this. Got to replace this, and then that leads up, and then you're like, oh man, and then you guess it's just a continuous like your money is just out the paycheck and i always love the memes they go man when you get that paycheck and you're all happy you're like yeah 400 500 especially as a call you're like sweet and then you start seeing your money go it's all flying out of your wall and you're like oh, oh i have ten dollars right spend. okay i'm going back into debt no point that's a college student or college debt ever increasing so exactly though you're, so, you're spot on so and that gets into the next thing and we talked about it a little bit early so we're not spend as much time on it and it's just controlling all factories means of production and and modes of production and having all of that controlled by the government we've listed some examples of having control over all aspects of life and it's not good, I would say. I don't know, Chandler. What would you think uh, a trip to, let's say, 
let's say the mall. What would the mall look like under a socialist communist regime? What would you think? Empty. Empty. I don't think you would find much in the mall. It, it depends how long into uh, into this communist regime that you're talking about. But let's say like, let's say five years. Five years. Five year plan. It. So, so right? yeah. There, so plenty of deaths and yeah. You know, um, state controls everything. Yeah, you, there won't be much diversity of options. Um, and, and even five years in, I'd say mostly empty uh, at a mall. Not that our malls are that busy to begin with. What do you? Days, what, what would you think would happen to our iPhones? We have our fancy iPhones and MacBooks. What would you? What, what does the government do with that stuff? Innovation would stop, right? The, the government would see, oh, we've got this product, it works. Let's just make those. And um, you know, if some country remained capitalist, country continued to innovate, say like a Japan or a, a, a Taiwan, something like that. Um, uh, they would have this like super advanced technology compared to what you would have in a communist state. You see this play out in, in actual communist countries with, with medicine, with uh, military technology, even even though that's a, a major area of spending usually for a communist state. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a, a note as well for those who are in support of communism and uh, don't like big military spending, almost inevitably a, a communist state will invest a vast majority of its wealth into military spending. And they love gun control, right? Right? As we saw with Mao and yeah, Stalin it's true. and Fidel Castro and all these guys, they all loved gun control. They were sweet. Um, and that's always a big one that we talk about, Second Amendment rights and protecting private property, as we mentioned early. And it all leads into equal liability of all to work. What? We all have to work now? What? I thought we were supposed to be... Equality of outcome. The wealth supposed to pay for our Netflix bill, and all right, what what happened? The wealth, the wealthy have so much money to spend. Oh wait, okay. Well, the taxes, huh? Ninety-five percent taxes. Hmm. Okay. All right. So now they only have five thousand out of a hundred thousand. Okay. Sweet. Um, we're taking that. So now everybody's has to work and contribute. This is where we talked about basic communism. Ten to fifteen people. You're kind of even smaller than that. Say a family of five. You're you're just trying to benefit everybody in that community. But when we're talking 340 million people in the United States, now you're working, but you don't control or own any of that. It goes straight to the government. All that money you earn, just imagine. I just want somebody to, anybody that works anywhere, anybody that has a job right now, and that could be through the university, that can be McDonald's, it can be Subway, wherever. Just imagine getting your paycheck and going, all right, sweet. And you already look at it and you go, okay, so we got social security, we have income tax, you have all these different things you look and you pay into. And then you go, okay, here's your reduce. Imagine that percentage going up to like 75%. Now you're looking at your paycheck and you're going, man, that's a pretty good paycheck. Well, I made $5. Okay, where's the rest of it? Oh, government took it. I got to pay for everybody else. So we have everybody equal in liability to work. And then this is what I thought was interesting is now you're evenly distributing the population. Now you're now everybody's going to equal, everybody's going to have their own communal land, and everybody's going to work on that for the common good. And that's if everybody wants to do that. And what we see in the gulags and the camps and this twisted morph way, they go, well, everybody's equal, but everybody's equally miserable. And you're like, okay, well, that, that's going on. And then you have free education for kids, but this is not something that we think, I think, K through 12. We think education in this form, and we saw what happened in communist China what happened in Soviet Russia? What happened, Chan? Do you know what happened in those schools? What what happened? In terms say, of like re-education? Re-education, like, like, yeah. Like that's what I'm, that's what I'm kind of brainwashing yeah. and, and really like 
creating that. And you see it in China now, and we've seen how China's had this. And the thing is, I think China, a lot of people go, well, they're communists and they're they're working good, but they don't realize how much the state controls. There's a lot of people, I've heard people that travel there, and I've seen what they've gone in technology. Like people go, okay, China, the, the technology the technology in the, in the leap forward that they've had and wanted to compete with the United States, but they have so much. Like Big Brother's watching truly in Japan. Yeah, and, and you know, on China, something that's been trying to scratch its way into mainstream media is the Chinese abuse of the Muslim Uyghur population there. And this is a group of people who's refusing to be, quote-unquote, re-educated, right? It, this is a group of people who, who want to hold on to their culture, their religion, um, and that doesn't work in a communist state. You have to, to fall in line. And um, so there, there's this uh, mass um, rounding up and sending to these, quote-unquote, re-education camps. It's a, a very disturbing scene, and, and I think it's something uh, that you should be aware of and, uh, and, and aware that that is something um, inevitable in a communist state is uh, these kinds of human rights uh, abuses either on a broad scale to everybody or on a specific scale to like a, a specific group of people. Um, I can imagine in, in the United States, uh, American Christians, especially those who uh, have a, a well-founded faith and, and not just a, um, a convenient faith, uh, would not readily give in to this sort of communist re-education. And, and as a consequence would be victim to whatever uh, a state would would impose and, and I think that's something else to, to really consider and because you, you see it play out in these communist states especially through the 20th century yep and and the, the like you said and you may not adopt it we think oh well we would never do that we're Christians and we are very bold in our faith and we believe in Jesus Christ but when you have a government control and you have the choice, of living and dying for that faith. And we, we talk about the, the sacrifices of being a martyr for, for Jesus and being persecuted in the Bible. And well, that's this communist state. This is a very real threat. And I think there's, we just go, Oh yeah, Karl Marx, like well, he's got a little lollipop with them. It's all happy, big, big su- bushy sunshine, rainbows, yeah. but very materialist in nature. And a lot of people say we're politically divided, but no, we're, we're theologically divided. I think we have a decision that, and if we are, if we are going to be of man, or are we going to be of God? And I think that's, that's what I think is as conservatives, we have, I think, we know the end. We know there's the afterlife if we give our life to Jesus. But when you have no, it's hard for me to even rationalize having no, like, end goal. Like, it's just, we're here to live, and we're here to die. That's it. We are just evaporating the dust. That's what that happens. And then life is over, I think, as it is. And I think that's the way we look at the state of nature going back that people are good and the Karl Marx and angle and that, and that that's what you look at. But when you look at like the Hobbes where it's like people are short, nasty and brute um, in the Leviathan and that state of nature as man. And, and that we're not too far off from being pretty much animals in our, in our human nature. And, and we have laws and different things and different things. Well, that'll be a whole nother episode. That's a whole nother conversation, but and a little bit of a side note, but I want to get into the last point of the Communist Manifesto, and that's abolishing the family. And we've heard that a lot recently in the Western prescribed nuclear family. And people go, oh, well, Western prescribed. Well, it's like biblically based, the mother and the father in the home. And, and Aristotle and Plato made the emphasis that that society and community starts with the family. That's where it starts, the mother and the father and the child. 
Communist Manifesto goes to abolish that, eliminate it completely, and then that's how you lead to chaos in society, it would say, is the abolishing of the family. What are your thoughts on, on this this concept right here? Yeah, and you, you made a point that is biblically based, and I certainly agree with you, but it's also naturally based, of course. Like, it's... Yeah. Um, the, the basic unit of, of well-being, like you said, the, the great Greek philosophers uh, pointed out, um, is the family unit, and, uh, presumably a mother, a father, and, and children. Uh, and to indicate that that's a bad idea, that this needs to be abolished, that instead it's uh, the state is now uh, your mother, right? Mother Russia. Um, that, that the state is who, who controls... Um, uh, you know, your, your goings and comings, and, and it's not to be taught. You're not supposed to learn from your parents. You're not supposed to uh, grow up seeing what a, a healthy, independent unit, you know, because fundamentally, I think that's the, the communist issue with the family unit, is it's it has a sense of independence to it, right? Uh, self-sustaining, uh, earning, earning for itself, and I think that's one of the biggest problems on a moral level with uh, a communist uh, ideal, uh, a communist uh, ideology, is that this family is a, uh, rather than a beneficial unit, is a dangerous unit. And uh, I think we need to be very conscientious when we listen to uh, um, people talk about abolishing the nuclear family or, or saying that this isn't a good idea. Um, it it will only bring suffering and, and hardship. Uh, and and I think, yeah, it, it would just be a terrible, terrible idea. Yep. I just think, just think about the government. We talk about the gulags and the slave camps in, in China and Soviet Russia. And and we talk about Vietnam and Cambodia and all these examples. I think people go, oh, yeah, well, it'll work this time. It's going to be different. Um, no, it's all ended. And I think it's the quote that I think absolute power corrupts absolutely. Um, I can't remember who's um, Lord Tennyson. Yeah, Lord Tennyson. Yeah. So, and that's 100% right. And when you have people in the quest for power in Machiavelli, that people, there's people that rule and people that are meant to be ruled. And I think you get into that whole thing. I can't wait to get into that next week. I think that'll be really cool to get into the, the Machiavelli and, and the quest for power and politicians. And, and, and people, that's a good way to understand politics to get into the Machiavelli and like the structure of society. I think that's what we, and the family is the start of it. And I just wanted to read a little quote from Ron Haskins. We talk about how do you escape poverty in America, or at least how can you at least have your family make sure you're in the middle class? And the, and the three things, of course, is get a high school education, not a college education, clearly high school education, um, wait until you're 21 to get married and having a baby, and get a job, any job, minimum wage, above minimum wage, any, any job, and you'll probably avoid being in poverty. But if you do that... And, then of course it's going to lead to poverty, and I think we see a whole vast of issues that lead to this with uh, uh, nine-month abortions. We see afterbirth, and now we're deciding if people can be aborted after they're born, and and all this stuff that we talk about, and and the murder of, of pretty much millions of babies since Roe v. Wade, and again another episode. Um, but we look at all these different things in society, but the family structure is really important. I think that's I think that's the the closing to the Communist Manifesto and. We've mentioned it plenty of times throughout the episode. We go to, we talk about the Soviets, we talk about the Chinese, we talk about North Korea, Cambodia, Cuba, and the list goes on and on. And we are still in the 21st century talking about 
socialism working and we have all these examples of it but i think yeah i think that's that's what we got for today's episode i think that was i think it was good to get into marxism some of the ideas of the communist manifesto what is marxism what is communism what is socialism what are all these different principles we hear thrown around all the time well you're a socialist well this is what a socialist is and and ultimately it's the government bigger government smaller citizen you lose all your individual rights and liberties that you have in this great country. And, and this is why the United States is the greatest country in the world. You have the freedom to do so. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. And we appreciate you tuning into our other podcasts as well. Um, the Ring X pod. that We have the Truth Pursuit. We have the Noah. We have a Let Liberty Ring as well. The Noah Ring Show. Make sure to go check those other podcasts out. It's really much appreciated. We're getting started. We're getting shows out there. And I think... We are going to continue to get into these tough subjects like Marxism. What is Marxism? Make sure to drop some comments on iTunes. Send us an email at mattandchan at gmail or mattandchanshow at gmail.com. Drop your questions. Maybe a subject you want to hear about. We're going to get into Machiavelli next week. We're going to talk about that. Probably the debates as well next week. Yes, the debates. Hopefully. Debates. Debates. Yes, Monday. I do have class Tuesday, so that would be political philosophy. I do have to debate the best form of government. I got liberal democracy i didn't get constitutional republic i was kind of sad chris um if you're out listening to this really kind of salty still no i'm playing um and liberal democracy i think is very acceptable but it'll be debating communism socialism at five minutes to present the point fantastic um and we got to dig into marxism so i get a little up uh, some studying before we get into communism yeah right? you guys thought we were recording a podcast really matt was just prepping for his uh, in-class presentation so yes, exactly exactly <laughs> no i i just think <laughs> yeah and besides that i think we're we're really getting into these big issues and we want to hear your guys' feedback. That's really how our show continues to function. It gives us the motivation to go, hey, we really need to touch this subject. And it only helps if you leave those comments, leave those reviews, and it helps us grow. It helps get those topics out there and helps people our age understand what are these topics we're talking about. And we're putting in the research and the time, so it helps by supporting us in that way. But yeah, Chandler, any last thoughts? Um, no, uh, thank you all for listening so much. Uh, and until next time. This is The Matt and Chan Show.